Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Come on, come on. Thank you so much. Super excited to be here today. How many of you guys are excited to be in the house of God today? Yeah. Hey, well, it really is so good to be here, and I'm so excited to uh, be talking to you guys today about um, this new series called Pieces. Uh, is it okay if I talk to you guys from up here for a few minutes? Is that okay? I know I haven't been preaching up here for a long time, but changing the game up. So um, if, uh, if my boys can help me get my table and everything up on stage, that'll be great. Ooh, Armando's going to beat you to the punch. And he didn't have to take anything off of it. Y'all taking notes? That was impressive. This is my friend Armando from Nacogdoches. Love having you here today, man. Don't embarrass him too much, guys. He's, he's as normal as the rest of us. I mean, you're special to me. Um, anyways, uh, so pieces. Uh, our lives are made up of so many pieces, but before I go any further on that, let's pray. Father, thank you for being here today. You said where two or more are gathered, there you are in our midst. So thank you. We're so glad. We can't do this alone. We need your help. Holy Spirit, do what we can't. Give us eyes to see. We need, we need a revelation of Jesus. Cause our ears to be open to hear what the Spirit is speaking to our hearts today. And, and, and cause our heart to be malleable. Make, make it soft. Uh, remove what's, what's hard and, and needs to be changed we give you permission. Come on, can you tell them I give you permission, God? You can offend me. You can upset me. You can change my schedule. You can do whatever you need to do. Come on, just tell them, have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, come on, somebody. You just gave God permission to have some fun. Is that okay? <laughs> well, listen, like I was uh, getting ready to say, our lives are made up of pieces. And um, I spent about uh, six hours on this, this message alone yesterday. And uh, I've, I, it's been one of the first messages I've, I've been this excited about in, in a while. But come on, how many of y'all know that God has taken us some places, that we're going somewhere? And uh, listen, we even got some extra chairs out today. And uh, my faith is being encouraged to see these seats filled. Amen. How many of you guys are excited to see God do some supernatural and miraculous work in some people's uh, families that are maybe a little bit far away from God right now? Uh, so with that being said, uh, pieces is definitely a message for, for people who are not just uh, far away from God, but it is so much so a message for those who are close to God. Tell your neighbor, this is for you. Come on, this is for you. This, you're not here on accident, you are here on purpose. We, we truly believe that. And so um, I just encourage you guys to just lean in and, and dig deep and ask, ask God to you know, get, do exactly what we prayed for, to give you a revelation of Jesus. He'll, he'll change everything. He will. Do you believe that? God will change everything. And so as I was uh, praying about this message, I really felt like God uh, started to show me that, that because our ministry is made up of so many pieces, because that's, that's really what this message is about, the why behind what we do. And you'll understand that uh, we pray every week. And so as I get into this message today, it is about prayer. So if you're looking for a subtitle for today, it is, it is exactly that. But um, I, I felt like this applies so much so to an individual perspective as well because how many of you guys believe in prayer yeah I, it's not necessarily something I need a show of hands on because I, I actually haven't even met anybody who doesn't believe in prayer I know that might be a little bit odd because there are certainly atheists out there people who don't believe in God but you know usually when the plane is going down there are people clutching their armrests oh God help me there that and so simple uh, and so when, when we talk about prayer and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here but when we talk about prayer it's it's really that it's a conversation between you and God and so when we talk about how how what what are pieces your life is a piece to a much bigger picture but within your life there are so many pieces that make up your life if you stop to think about it and I want you to for just a second that if your life is constantly in transition, and, and within these transitions, your life contains so many pieces that make up who you are as an individual. You start, you know, 
at birth and, you know, from grade school to your first job to getting married and having kids and, you know, then the grandkids, you know, Lord willing down the road. I mean, kids are such a blessing. But anyways, that's that's just one piece. That's just one component. You know, you have your your spouse, your significant other. That's that's another piece. You have your career within within these pieces are so many other pieces, because within relationship with your significant other, your spouse, you have things that they care about, likes, dislikes, cares, you know, worries, anxieties. You have family, family matters, family matters. Members and matters, for that matter. And all these pieces make up who you are. All these pieces. And I'm praying about it. I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And as I started to think about this, it started to become plain to me because the reality is that even, even though we have all these pieces, sometimes we feel like we're missing pieces. Has anybody ever lost a loved one? Sometimes you feel like the pieces of your life are scattered because... Sometimes we feel like the passage in James where it says, you know, count it all joy, you know, to my brethren who are scattered abroad. Sometimes that, that's our life. We feel like somebody has taken our life and ripped it all to pieces and just tossed it up the wind and said, ha, ah, have fun. Anybody, anybody ever gone through a situation like that? Sometimes we, we get in those position where uh, the pieces in our life aren't as pretty as the ones of the pieces that are next to us. We start looking at our neighbors thinking, I wish that I had the pieces that you had. I wish that, that, that I, I, I had that job. I wish I had that. If I had that promotion, if I had that peace in my life, that promotion, that would certainly make some things easier. If I had that, that you know, that, that extra paycheck, that extra money, if I didn't, if, if, or maybe if I, if I didn't have, if I was able to get rid of this peace. Maybe you're, you're struggling in a relationship right now that, that you're, you're wishing that you were able to get out of and you're like, ah, thinking, you know, this, this marriage isn't working out. And I'm not sure how, how to make the most of the pieces that I have or I don't have. I don't, I don't know what kind of pieces that you are holding right now, but I do know this, that no matter how cracked or broken or put together the pieces in your life are, God is not done with you yet. He's not finished with you. You're, you're not too far gone. Your pieces are not too uh, broken. Your pieces are not too cracked. Your pieces are not, you know, not too strewn that God cannot put them back together. You're, 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 not, you're not too good for God either. The pieces in your life, you're thinking, I have everything together. What do I need God for? He, he wants to use what you have because the, the truth of the matter is this, that even though, because I know some people that have, have their stuff together pretty well. I was going to use another terminology. But they have their life together pretty well. And they got a lot of pieces. But you know, I know deep down on the inside without Christ, you're still missing something. See, this message is for you because no matter what pieces you hold or what pieces that you feel like you don't hold, God wants to use what you have. He wants to use what he's given you. And really, if, there, if there's nothing else that you get out of this message, I hope that you leave with that because God loves you. See, this message is not just about talking about how he sent Jesus on the cross so much for you that he could turn something broken into something beautiful, but it is certainly that at the very least. Because God, he's a miracle worker he uses, he uses the, the simple things of the world to, to confuse those who, who are wise. He uses people like me who, who don't have a degree, who, who didn't have anything together, who, who I was broken in bondage, addicted, and so without hope. And he turned my life around. And God can do the same exact for you today. He is the God of miracles, is he not? Amen. So as we as we dig into this message, as we dive in, I just really want to encourage you that that you are here for a purpose because your life adds up to this, to us being here today. And maybe you're not sitting right next to each other. Maybe you don't feel super connected to this body. But I really want to encourage you guys that that this is what makes more. This is what will help make more sense of the pieces that are in your life. See, together we are meant to do this. As, as believers, we are meant to do this together. Can you tell your neighbor? You're meant to do this together. We're meant to do this together. You're not, you're, God did not make you to go through life alone. You're not meant to go through your challenges, your struggles on your own. Can you tell your neighbor? Come on, you're not alone. You're not alone. We're in this together. You're meant, you're meant to do this together. And so if you're here, it, since you're here and you're here on purpose, then, then this, is, this is part of your purpose, that you're here to, to be a body of believers. You're not just to be a believer on your own. 
I think it's great that we can worship God on our own, but you know what? Some of my, some of my favorite times, truly and honestly, are, are together with, with a corporate body of believers. There, there, there's just something to be said about coming to church. I think it's great that you can watch online. But anyways, all that to be said is that since we're all cumulative now pieces of the same body, we make up something that is much bigger than even within ourselves because we're not just the church within Beaumont. We represent just such a small part of the church in this city. So our, your piece of the puzzle now, suddenly even though it's so tiny in comparison to the billions of people on earth, is so much bigger within itself when it's added to the body, do you see how more important, how much more important your life is than just by itself? I pray, I really do, I pray that God would start revealing to you how much more important you are together than you are by yourself. You're, you're not as valuable by yourself as you are together. Amen. Thank you for that one amen. You matter to the heart of God on your own. But we, we were... Yeah, we were destined to do life together. God designed you to be in covenant relationship with other people. And it's not easy. But anyways, I'm not going to be talking too much about relationships with other people today. But even, even, within, even within our body, like I was getting ready to tell you, our body is such a small component and piece, really, of the church at large. See, the church is a global organization or really a global body it's it's moving it's alive it's breathing because as much as you are breathing as much as you are alive and and sometimes you hurt and sometimes you rejoice and sometimes you go go through things well listen God feels that because we are his body and we make up something that is unlike anything else that the earth has yet to see if only we will unite see you your peace you have to be willing to lay down some selfish ambitions if you want to get on board with this, this idea. And I know that you do. That's why you're here this morning. And so I just really encourage you again to just dig deep into this, this idea that, that your pieces that you hold will make much more sense as you join to this vision of being part of God's body. Amen. Next week, I really want to uh, dig in and dive deep into the idea that uh, we are designed to live in community with other believers. But today, I really want to talk to you about uh, how important prayer is. And like I said, I know, I know that we believe that prayer is important. Um, and I've talked to you guys several times about this, but it, it kind of astounded me. I, I don't remember who I heard say this, but in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, uh, this is the big conversation between Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has just begun his ministry on earth. Um, if you'll track with me here, it, it, it kind of it will make sense to you. Because at one of the early things that Jesus states to those who want to follow him is, is this in verse 5 of chapter 6. And again, and this is a part of a much bigger conversation. It says, when you pray. And that's the only part of the verse that I need, actually. Thank you. Uh, when you pray. When you pray. It's, it's, ask your neighbor, when? When? When you pray. Because prayer is, is something that's supposed to be a normal um, thing that takes place in your life. And I think that um, whether you are a, a sold-out believer or maybe you are first beginning your faith walk with Jesus, you pray, right? It, it's just it's a natural progression, even like we were saying with, with those who would say that maybe I don't pray. When, when things become dire and circumstances are uh, really bad, you pray, you cry out to God. Hopefully you don't do it when things are, are bad alone, but, but you, you should pray. You normally do pray, and anybody who's anybody normally prays, especially when you're in southeast Texas. So the, the thing about prayer is this, though. Because later on in the scriptures, we're instructed in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, uh, it says, uh, pray without ceasing. Um, and uh, I, I know that this is, uh, we kind of took a, a, a jump off the diving board just now, and you're kind of in deep waters, and you're thinking, wait, I'm supposed to what? How? When? Where? Like, all the, all the time. See, <laughs> the, what's funny about this verse is that, um, as a young boy growing up, we used to have a plaque above the toilet. And so every time I went in the restroom, I saw this verse and I just freaked out every time. I just, like, I just tried not to look at it because I just thought, how on earth am I just supposed to do nothing else except pray? Because that's what my mind thinks of. I don't, I don't know if your, your uh, thought pattern, your brain works the same way as mine. But when, when I look at this verse, I just think, oh, my God, how? 
like you just want me to do nothing else. You, I can't get married. I can't have kids. Can't work. Can't do. I mean, right? That's kind of what that alludes to. Well, let me see if I can't help give you some context because now we know that Jesus says when you pray, so we know that's we're supposed to do it. And now on top of that, Andrew, you're telling me that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. So which one is it, and how how is this supposed to work? Way back in the beginning, and you don't have to go there, but way back in Genesis, God created Adam and Eve. And a lot of us are familiar with that, but I don't know that a lot of us understand the purpose as why God created Adam and Eve. And it's really simple. See, later on in the, towards the end of the Bible, in 1 John, we read that God is love. And since we know that God is love, and we understand love, Hopefully you do, some part at least. You need to understand that love needs a way to express itself. And listen, that's why God created you, because he wanted you and his family. He wanted children. He didn't want just a child. He wanted a family. And, and that's when you look around the room, and you don't have to right now, but you'll notice that there are people here who are married, who, has, who have families. And they, created, they, had, they had families they had children, they had offspring because they did something in love to produce something, creating a place to express their love, not just to each other, but now to their family. In the beginning, God created a family. He didn't just create the heavens and earth. He created Adam and Eve because he wanted a family. And, and that's the same reason that he sent Jesus to die on the cross, because he wanted you back in his family. That's the whole point of, of, of prayer, really, when you get down to the basis of it, is having a conversation with not just God, but your Father. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write that, that down, that, that, that prayer is just, an, is just a place to have conversation, not just with God, but someone who is your Father. And I, and I get that, that that is hard for many of us, for most of us, because most of us don't really understand what it means to have a relationship with our Father. There are only uh, maybe a handful, I could probably count just on one hand, how many people I know who actually have or had a, re a good relationship with their Father. And so uh, please know that by me presenting this, this truth of, of the gospel, that God wants to be a good Father to you, please know that that. I do it with all sensitivity because I realize that, that this is, is kind of a hard concept for you to understand. I, I, I just, I, I, know, I know that it's hard. And so as we, as we dig into this topic about prayer and we talk about having conversation with God, the reason that I put those two together is be, and the reason I tell you about how we are created to be family is because the, the truth of the matter is that you were designed to live in relationship with God. And so since prayer is an avenue to build a relationship, having conversation with God, and now hopefully, hopefully I did a good job, you make sense as to why prayer is so important. I would venture to say this, that prayer should be the covering piece that would cover every other piece within your life because you should be living in relationship with God when it comes to everything, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your career, when it comes to your, your family, when it comes to your likes, your interests, your dislikes, you know, whether you know, you're on Netflix or YouTube or wherever you are, prayer should be something that you're constantly, should be constantly taking place, which is why I believe it is stated with just plain emphasis in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that you should pray without ceasing because God wants to be included just like a good father wants to be included in their son or daughter's life. Aha. See, I was going somewhere. Y'all followed me. Thank you. I'm glad. Don't want to leave anybody behind here. So now it's not just an obligation. It's an opportunity. Do you see, do you see how that transpires? That, that when you pray, it's an opportunity for you to connect with your father, a good and perfect and loving, or excuse me, the good, the, good, the perfect and the loving father. There's nobody on earth who can compare. I like what Psalm says. Well, I, 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 I can't find anybody on earth. Who do I have in heaven but you? There's nobody. There's nobody I have but you because you're good. And what's unfortunate, though, is that since we are trained and born here on earth and we don't have anything good to compare God to, all we think about is how our father or the lack thereof treated us or didn't treat us. And that's why I say, that's why I put such emphasis on saying, listen, I get 
that this is a hard conversation to have. I just don't want you to leave this. I don't want you to, to, to miss the, the truth of the matter here, that prayer is an opportunity for you to unload on God. It's so much more so than that, but it's, it's definitely a place where you can dump. Because unlike people, God doesn't get hurt by your feelings. Listen, God knows it all. He knows what you'll say even before you say it. He knows what, he knows what you did last summer, right? <laughs> he knows what you're going to do next summer. You might fall off the bandwagon 10 summers from now, but that's not going to discourage him. It's not going to stop him from chasing you down. It's never going to dissuade him from saying, yeah, you're not worth it right now in this moment. See, that's the incomprehensible thing about God is that even though he lives outside of the expanse of time and space, is that he's always ever-present. And, and, and he doesn't want you to go anywhere just because of, of what you did last summer. He's, he's not holding that against you. That's, that's, not the, that's not the kind of character and nature that, that, our fa- that when you read about who God is, and I hope that you do, because that's really the only way that you can hear, that's really one of the best ways that you can hear from God on your own, then you should, should hopefully start to switch your lens to start seeing who God really is. That he's not just out to get you or out to make you do things. God is, is see, religion teaches us to do stuff. You've got to pray so you can get God's acceptance or God's favor. But the reality about prayer is that it's less about doing and more about being. It's not about doing and saying all these, these prayers. And if you read through chapter 5, if you read through chapter 6 and 7, he'll, he states that, that. That it's not about saying the right things. It's about talking to your father. And, and, and so please, if, if, if you don't leave with anything, here's another one. You can write this down that prayer is about having conversation with your father in heaven. I'll just say that one more time. Prayer is about having conversation with your father who is in heaven. See, mom used to have this thing on her uh, counter before the flood. It's long gone now. But um, I heard this before when I was at prayer school, and it, it really just says this, that the first purpose of prayer is to know him. You might be sitting here thinking that, that I've got to pray all these things. I've got to repent. I've got to confess. But that's not the truth. Sure, please have open conversation and dialogue with God. You're not going to hurt him like I was stating. But he wants, he, he doesn't just want to hear from you. He wants you to hear from him. I, I cannot stress that what, enough that, that prayer cannot just be a one-sided conversation. Because Jesus, like I was first stating, said, when you pray. And then again, where we see uh, for, so the Bible says that where two or more, uh, where there are two or more witnesses, let any matter be established. So now we have two, two different areas in the Bible that teach us about praying. And it says when you pray and, and that you should always be in prayer. So this is something that we can actually really build a doctrine or a, a theology upon that prayer should be something that takes place in your life that covers each and every single piece of your life in order that it can help make everything fit together. And this is why we pray every Sunday because we believe in the power of prayer. So as, as this, this progression all takes place, prayer is, is something that, that envelops and covers and starts to make everything work together. Because as you pray, when you pray, during prayer, because if you are the only one that is having conversation, then it's going to produce a very unhealthy relationship. And many of us know what that's like because we had our our parents bark orders at us. We had our parents have one-sided conversations with us without ever ever taking the time to explain to us. Maybe they didn't have time. I, I don't know what it may be for you. But I just know that there are so many unhealthy, there have been so many unhealthy relationships with parents and their children. And God is not like that. See, see, God can very much so take what you have to dump on him and you can walk away from that conversation. And he doesn't have to say anything and you're not going to offend him or hurt his feelings. He, he, I, say that all that, I say all that, but then I'm like, you know what? God definitely does have feelings. So he's going to be sad because he wants you to hear him. He wants you to know how much he loves you, but he's not going to hold it against you. Know, know that. So, so know that when, when you come to God and you dump on him, know that he doesn't hold it against you because he's, he doesn't get jaded. I, lo- I love that because the Bible teaches us that he's, his mercies, like his faithfulness, his goodness, it just outlasts everything. 
Uh, the Bible says that he's good and his mercy endures forever. It says that he's good and his mercy endures forever. And, and I don't know how many times I can hear that without it be, being new every time, but I just, I, I, it's amazing. That's, that's who my father is. And what, I, what I'm praying, <laughs> no pun intended, that you would get from, from this piece of this series about prayer is that you would begin to understand who your father in heaven is and that he is love and that he is so much so concerned about everything that you're concerned about. And he, and he wants to say something and he has something to say about everything. But you might not be ready to hear what he has to say. You might not like the answer that he says. Not always. You, you, you might wish and beg and plead and ask him to change his mind. But you may not be able to even understand the answer if he told you. See, these are, these are all things that, that can only take place in, in prayer. These are only things that can take place within the, the position of a relationship, a covenant relationship with God as your father. So again, it's when we pray and we pray without ceasing. So it, it's something that a conversation is always supposed to take place because the first purpose, purpose of prayer is to know God because prayer is more about being, being with your father than it is about doing anything. Y'all getting some good notes? You want me to slow down? Yes? No? Okay. All right. And it's more than just a one-sided conversation. This is, this is another one that I feel is like a really big hurdle for a lot of people, believers or unbelievers aside, to get past. And if you're wondering what I'm drinking, it's called bubbly. It's very good. Think about it this way. Like I was saying, somebody who comes to unload and dump, so whether it's a, a child or a parent, but leaves the conversation at that, produces a very unhealthy relationship. We, we get that. But... Here's what I want you to walk away with from this portion about having a one-sided conversation. A very good, not just a very good, but the very good and loving father who's perfect in all of his ways did not ever conceive you from a place to abandon you. I, I just, I, I want that to sink in because God did not conceive you in your mother's womb. He did not, he did not form you together in your mother's womb to abandon you. He, he didn't bring you this far to leave you. He, he hasn't brought you to this place today to, to tell you good luck. You're on your own. God did not think of you before the very foundations of the earth and write all of your days out to leave you. He didn't send Jesus to die on the cross to leave you. He sent Jesus on the cross to be with you. That's why Jesus' name was prophesied to be Emmanuel, God with us. That's why Jesus said, it's better for me to go so I can send the comforter who will be with you forever. That's why Jesus said, lo, I will be with you until the end of this age, all the days of the earth. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. A good, the good and loving father did not conceive you in love to forsake you, to abandon you. Now, I don't know what pieces of your life that you might be holding on to right now, but you need to let that thought go. You need to let that thing go that you're holding on to unforgiveness, that bitterness, that thing that's that stake in your heart and just rip it out and quit thinking about how God doesn't care about you because he does. And if nobody else has ever told you that they care about you, if nobody ever else has ever told you that, that they love you, I do. I love you because God loves you. Because God has shed his love abroad in my heart to tell me that I'm valuable. And since I know that I'm valuable, that makes me know that to all who receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord, who call upon his name, he gives them the right to become his children. And since you are his child and I am his child, that makes you and me family. And that means that we are to care about our family. We don't just leave our family neglected. We don't just abandon our family members. I'm not trying to get off on any, any rabbit trails here, but I'm just here to tell you that there is somebody. There is somebody. Come on, tell your neighbor there's somebody. There's somebody who's praying for you. There's somebody who cares about you. There's somebody, and his name is Jesus. 
And he's still at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to keep moving. See, he's praying. You don't don't think prayer is important. Read about in the Bible where Jesus intercedes. He's a high priest interceding for you. He sent the Holy Ghost to teach you, to guide you. He's, He's an intercessor. Come on, baby. He'll help you when you're in trouble. Listen, the Bible says all you got to do is call on the name of Jesus. You remember that story about Peter when he, was, he stepped out on water? He was walking on water. I know this is a crazy story about a person walking on water, but the Bible said it, so it's true. That's what I believe about the Bible. And, and, and it says that, w- that he started to sink because he started looking at his circumstances. He started looking at what was happening around him. Right? Anybody got their eyes on the circumstance right now? You, your problems seem bigger than your God. Anybody in here feel like your problems are bigger than your God? Sometimes you need to stop talking to your problems and start telling them how big your God is. Stop letting them talk to you and tell them how big they are to you. Start telling them how big your God is. See, and that's what Peter did. As soon as he started sinking, he cried out. He said, Jesus! And in a flash, because Jesus was all the way across the water, and in moments, in an instant, Jesus was there. See, all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. All you have to do. Come on, just let that sink in. It doesn't matter what kind of pieces your life feels like you are in right now. Sometimes you just need to stop and get on your knees and cry out for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so when it comes to prayer, when it comes to having conversations, see, sometimes we end up in places like that. Sometimes we end up sinking. And sometimes we end up in a place where we call out and God comes to save us every time he doesn't fail. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, he's faithful even when we're unfaithful. He prays even when we don't. Come on, he never stops pursuing even if you stop pursuing. And he's always there even if, even if it's only to unload. But what I want you to walk away from here in this point is this, that he wants to help you out so that you don't end up back in that situation again. If you will, you can go with me to, uh, go to me with, to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. And this is a, uh, this is a, um, This is from Proverbs 3.12 is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he repeats it. That's where he gets this from. But in the uh, New Testament, the writer of Hebrews says, by the Holy Spirit, my dear child, right? So hopefully you're now starting to begin to hear this, that God, the conversation that the Bible is trying to talk to you is about how you are his child and he is your father. And he says, my dear child, this is in the message, don't shrug off God's discipline. But don't be crushed by it either. So when, I'm going to get there in a second. I'll just read the rest of the verse. So it's the child that he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. I don't know about you, but when I hear about the word discipline and correction, I kind of cringe a little bit. Because I don't know if you come from a background like I do, but I got whooped a lot. Maybe I was a little bad. Maybe I'm still a little bad. You know, I'm not here to point fingers. <laughs> I'll be the last person to throw any stones. I got problems. We all got them. But um, here's what I want you to hear when you look at this word discipline. It's like, think about it this way. Because when you look up what it means and um, when it transliterates into the Greek, and we talk about the Vines Dictionary, it talks about getting an education. So think about it this way, and you can take that verse down. Think about it this way. When you get on your maps and you put in your destination and you get off course, what happens? You, get, you have to be rerouted. It has to correct the, the place that you got off so that you can get back on the right path. And what God is trying to help us see here from this conversational perspective is that if you never give him time to talk to you, 
then you'll never understand that you actually got off course. And so sometimes, in fact, most times, the reason that we get put in sticky situations is because we just don't know any better. We've never been educated and trained to figure out how we're supposed to get where God is wanting to take us. And what's so cool about being in God's family is that God wants to teach you and train you how to get where he wants you to go. He doesn't want you to always end up in sticky situations where you fall flat on your butt, fall flat on your face, and you, you hurt yourself, you hurt other people. It, this is, think about this from a perspective like babies, okay? Babies, they make messes, they get in trouble, they don't go where they're supposed to, they in fact go where they're not supposed to. And, you know, they do, th you know, as they grow up, you know, they say things, they do things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so God knows that, that since we are like, exactly like that, we, we grow up as children, we learn how to be an adult, then we move into this position of, of spirituality where we're talking about immaturity because we come into a kingdom but not know exactly, oh, I don't really, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to get drunk. I, I just didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know how to not have one too many drinks. That was me when I was a, a baby Christian. I thought I would just go out and have a few drinks. Not that big of a deal. The Bible says not to get drunk. But I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how to. But God didn't hold that against me. God, God is not that person. To, oh, you, you're a blasphemer. You took my name in vain one too many times. That's the last straw. Scratch your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Too bad. That's, that's, so that's not what this is, this is trying to, to say. It's, it's actually the opposite. When we fall off, when we get off the wrong path, God wants us to come to him in conversation, in prayer. See, this, this peace that envelops and covers every portion of your life, whether it's in finances. Oops, I did something I wasn't supposed to. I went and bought a boat, and now I'm drowning in debt. Go to God in prayer. Don't, don't get ashamed to a place where you, you went out and, and went to a, a, a a place that you shouldn't have and you lost too many dollar bills and now you don't know what to do and you're stuck and you got to pay rent and you spent too much money on this, that, or whatever, whether it was a Target or, you know, a, a dark place that people don't like to go to. I don't know. I don't know where you messed up. I don't know where you spent all your money. It could have been on Xbox. It could have been on PlayStation Network. It, it could have been on snacks. It could have been on food. I don't, I don't know where your struggle is. I don't know what piece of your life really feels like it's in pieces. But what I do know is this. Take that piece, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your family, whether it's your kids, whether it's your, your spouse, whether it's your significant other, whether it's your, your career, whether it's your future. Take that piece and envelop it in prayer. Allow God to speak to it. Because this is the truth of the matter. In, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, as a father, this is the conversation continuing from chapter 6. This is again in the message. God says it this way. Jesus uh, helps us clarify. And just for the record, the reason Jesus came is so that we could see who God really is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Okay? So now, so since we're hearing what Jesus is saying, we can really identify that we're hearing God, our father, speak this to us. All right? Y'all say, sticking with me? This is, this is okay? Making sense? I don't want to take too much longer, but I know you guys are getting a lot out of this. So, so we're, we're going to try and hurry as much as I can. Don't bargain with God. He, he's, so he's, he's a good father. It's, you're not going to hurt him. He's not going to be like, wow, you're really going to, okay. Like, he doesn't get shocked or surprised. Like, he's, he's so normal. I mean, he's definitely God, but he's definitely a father. He's a father. Come on, somebody say he's a father. So be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game that we're in concerning a relationship with our father. So think about it this way, Jesus says. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If your child asks for fish or 21st century, a cheeseburger, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? No, heck no. He said, listen, in comparison to how good God is, as bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing because you're, even though you're not as perfect as God is, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God, come on somebody, the God who conceived you in love will be even better, right? So this, this is why, or excuse me, the reason why this is so important is because God wants you to reflect his nature, 
See, God didn't just make you so you can always be in a position to where you have to come to him for handouts. Eventually, he wants to get you in a position and place where you can start saving and helping other people. And I know there's, I, I don't know anybody who's never said they don't want to help other people. But what I do know is this, is that most people don't actually properly and correctly, and I'm really serious. I've met, uh, I, most people, th- their, their way of helping other people, it, it, it's, enab- it's enabling people. And you've seen it. You know, what, you know what that's like. But the truth of the matter is, is we don't know how to love how we properly should. The truth of the matter is the world thinks that love is tolerance, and that's not the truth. Sometimes love corrects. See, that's, that's what that verse says. My dear child, don't shirk off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he what? He loves that he corrects, that he disciplines. The child he embraces that he corrects. God, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to, to get us off of the place, get us out of the place where we are broken and in destruction and into a place of righteousness and holy living. But, but if your actions can never be corrected, then you're going to be forever broken. Do you see, do you see how if, if you don't know, if you don't envelop in prayer, conversation, in every piece of your life, then you'll never be able to allow God to fix what he wants to fix. See, the, the truth of the matter is this, is that God isn't just able, he's willing, but so many people sometimes aren't willing to change. <laughs> I know, that's a tough one. Oh, I said, ooh. So many times, so many people aren't willing to change because they like what they like. Now, again, I, I must emphasize the, the fact of matter here that God is not dissuaded. He cannot be persuaded by, by your acts of goodness or dissuaded by, by your acts of disobedience. He loves you regardless. See, like I, like I'm, what's so hard for us to understand here is the fact of matter that he's good and perfect. He's good, period. Like, what, what you do or don't do doesn't, doesn't shock him. I just, I just know that there's so much of a challenge to having a one-sided conversation with God. So, to help give you some instruction on what to do and how to have a, a two-way um, conversation, a conversation where you don't just talk to God, but that God talks to you, try to remember and think about it from this place that, that when God speaks to you about changing something, it's for your benefit. If he says, don't go there or stop spending or don't see her or don't talk to him or whatever it may be, don't take the promotion, don't move, move. I know that, that it doesn't make sense when we hear things from God most times. But remember that as a child, they don't understand, we don't understand as children why we can't stay up all night, why we have to go to school, why we can't eat ice cream, why we, we can't hang out with that friend, why we have to go here but we can't go there, why we have to do this but we can't do this. Remember and just try to think about it from this perspective that since God is the good, the loving, the perfect Father, when he brings correction, when he speaks something to your heart, it's for your own benefits. Come on, hallelujah, that's good news. And so when it, when it comes to prayer, uh, there's there's just... A couple of last thoughts I want to leave you with today. I don't, I don't know if um, you're going to come up and play. You can't. Okay, hang out for a few minutes. I got just a few more things I want to say. But here's, the, the truth of the matter is, is not just that prayer enveloping every other piece of your life is, is so important. Is that it will literally change everything. And I want to drive home that point by taking you guys to one, um, maybe one or two last passages. I know one for sure. In, in James chapter 5. And this is talking about the power of prayer. Come on, somebody say the power of prayer. Come on, it will, it will change your life. Come on, it will rearrange it. It will turn it upside down if you let it. Come on, you got to let that correction in. If you Listen, remember... If you get off course when you're when you're taking when you're going on vacation, when you're going to see your family, when you're going to work and you get off course, if you don't get corrected, if your maps never correct you, you're not going to arrive at the proper destination. You're not going to arrive where you want to go. And listen, God wants it way more than you. He wants to take you to the the good and perfect place where he's 
you know, the land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, that makes no sense to most people. The place where, where you are not in need. Most people don't understand that, I would, I would think. God wants to take you to a place where you're not having to scratch to get by. He wants to take you to a place where you're not having to try to figure out how to make it from paycheck to paycheck. How many of y'all believe that? He's a good and loving father, and he wants to take you from, from here to here to here. Always better. That's his plan. And so if God says no, remember that it's for your benefits. you got to have this. There's got to be an open conversation here because that's the only way prayer can really, really add benefit to your life. If, if all you're ever doing is just asking things from God, think about the way that a relationship works when your parent just asks things from you but never heard back from you. Think about the way that a child who's always asking something from their, from their parent but never gets an answer from their parent, think about what that produces. It's so unhealthy. It's so volatile. It's so dysfunctional. If you want to have a good relationship with God, allow prayer to be a two-way street. Amen? So this piece called prayer is not just valuable in that it envelops everything and and can change everything in uh, a small way, but in a large way, in a drastic way. And, and I say all that because of what James 16, 5.16 says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Ah, right there. I just want to stop and, and note that for a second. So one more time. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Now it says so that you, may, so that you can be healed. But there's, there's so much more that goes into that than just uh, healing coming out of that. It will change your life when you have open dialogue and conversation with other people about what is going on in your life. So this goes way beyond, if you'll take that down off the screen for just one second. Confess your sins and pray with each other that you may be healed. Okay, What do we do on Sunday mornings? We pray for each other. Hopefully, there's some confession that takes place. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you, and I'm not, I, I would not um, really actually tell you to talk to somebody that you don't know about your deepest, darkest secrets. You need to confide in somebody that you trust, somebody that can give you good and godly advice and, and counsel. So maybe sometimes that means going to pastors, somebody, uh, you know, elders, somebody on staff, somebody that you know how, Christina, somebody that can pray for you, somebody that will stand in faith for you, somebody that that's not going to be shocked and you did what? With who? <laughs> Golly, no wonder you're in the position. Like, that's not, that, that's not our father. And so that, that's not what somebody in love is going to portray. <laughs> Can't believe you stayed up all night playing video games again. Okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of you know, in disbelief, but no, nah, forgive you. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. That's not, that's not the way that, that this works. But what I'm trying to help communicate here is this. There needs to be confession. There needs to be open dialogue that takes place between you and other believers. And so that's why I, I note this and highlight this because that's something that we, we do and it's something that takes place every week here on Sunday. So I, I just want to kind of give you a little insight into why we believe so much in prayer on Sundays with other believers because, because uh, of what this verse has to say about it. Nothing more than that. Okay, so as the verse goes on, you can put that up back up for me. It goes on to say this, the earnest prayer, and earnest just means this, somebody who's praying to God. So the prayer that is prayed to God of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Huh. How about that? Somebody say, how about that? Come on, somebody. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. So the prayer that is prayed to God as your father. Some, so we know and we have an understanding of who God is. He is, somebody help me out, he's omnipotent. You didn't know what I was about to say, so you couldn't really help me out. Okay, somebody say, God is omnipotent. Okay, so for those of you who maybe don't know what this word means, I learned this at a very young age because O was for omnipotent when I was learning phonetics. And so I learned what omnipotent meant at a very young age, and I thought that this meant that God was all-powerful and he was going to do whatever he want, and it wasn't up to me. Here's where you're wrong. Here's where a lot of Christians, a lot of believers get off. And I don't have time to teach you all of this. But the fact of the matter is this, that we have a free will. And sometimes free will means that you're going to choose the wrong thing. All right, don't elbow your neighbor. Now is not the time to look at, text your spouse or, you know, be rude, be ugly. Sometimes, a lot of times, 
But since we're people, we're imperfect, and we're going to choose the wrong thing. And it's going to be, it's going to hurt ourselves. It's going to be detrimental to the people around us. When you look at situations like what happened in El Paso yesterday, somebody clearly, very obviously, chose the wrong thing. There's, there, there, you, you, there's no reason to really get theological or doctrinal about tragedies, tra- tragedy. It's awful and it's horrible. Just pray for them. Cover, cover that tragedy in prayer. Let it, let it be enveloped in, in conversation with God. How, how can I pray? What, what, what am I supposed to say about this? When things take place in your life or other people's lives and, and it's hurtful and somebody else choose, chooses the wrong thing, you have power. God, I, I just I want to touch on this very briefly, that, that even though since God has power, God is omnipotent. He's not just the, uh, a God. He is the God. We were made and, re- and created in God's image. And so since God is omnipotent, then that leads me to believe and convinces me really of the fact that I was made to have power. And the, the truth of the matter is this, that James goes on to teach us that there is so much power in prayer. And verse 17, it says this, Elijah Somebody help me out here. Was as human as we are. Come on. His name could have been Bob. It could have been Joe. It could have been Thomas. It could have been Kevin. He could have been Jane. He could have been Janice or Janet or Kaylee or whoever. Elijah was as human as we are. I just, we've got to get a hold of this because you and I have the same potential, the same capabilities. Come on, the same power. Come on, that raised Christ from the dead is alive on the inside of you. Whether you know it or not, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And Elijah was as normal as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly, there's that word again, when he prayed to God, knowing who God was as powerful, omnipotent as God was. So it wasn't what he prayed, but it's who he prayed to. And and. How he prayed, so it's not just alone how he prayed, but it's who he prayed to, understanding his position from an all-powerful God that empowered him to pray this prayer. That no rain would fall, none fell. No rain fell. No rain fell for three years, three and a half years. Just let that sink in. Elijah. Kevin, Joe, whatever you want to name him, was as human as we are. Yet, when he prayed earnestly, see, there's, there's a key to that word. There's a key to, to prayer and having power in prayer. And I believe it has to do with earnest prayer. I believe it has to do with having a conversation and having a, a position where you don't just, where God doesn't just hear from you, but you hear from God. See, if you don't know what God's will is for, then you're not going to be able to produce any results because there can be no faith where the will of God is not known. And so if you are not praying God's will, then you are not going to have any results. This all has to do with earnest prayer because if you don't know who God is, and this is God, God is his word, and God's word is his will, then your prayers are, aren't, aren't going to be effective. I'm not saying that God's not going to hear you because God hears you. Like, like Jesus explained to us in Matthew 7, this isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek type of relationship that you are in with your father. So we can come to God and whatever we've got, he can handle it. Whatever your emotions are, However much stuff you've got together, together, all the pieces that are missing out of your life, if you need to scream, if you need to shout, if you need to badger it out, he can handle it. There's nothing too hard for my God. There's no place, there's no place too far that he can't reach you. But if you never come to him, if you never pray, if you never seek his face, then there could be no avenue for God to come to you. And that's exactly what crying out to God does. It creates an avenue for him to come rescue you. But it's more than that. See, it creates an avenue 
for you to have power. See, because Elijah, as human as we are, then in verse 18, when he prayed again, James chapter 5, verse 18, then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain. And the earth began to yield its crops. So it wasn't just like a trickle. It wasn't just like a drizzle. It's like we get in southeast Texas all the dang time. I know people that are living in the desert, they'd be watching online. I wish I got rain all the time. And you, that's what you say. Come on. Come on up. Come on down. We'd love to have you. You'll love it here. Your skin is always moist. Your hair looks like me. I'll, I'll give you the secrets to the ingredients. I'll tell you, tell you what I use in my hair. Uh, but... Um, there's power in prayer. Can you tell your neighbor there's power in prayer? If, if you would uh, be so kind as to come up, I want to I close um, with just kind of going over these points again. Actually, if, if I, I, I'm not going to repeat anything. If you just uh, bow your head and close your eyes, I'd like to pray for you guys. I know that uh, God's spirit is moving today, and um, there are certainly so many here that have, have been touched. But I, I want to just talk to maybe those of you who, uh, who are here or maybe not here. Maybe you're listening online right now, and you may be thinking, how do I have a conversation with God? Well, here's the truth of the matter, that except that you come to Jesus and believe that he is the son of God, that he is Christ, the Messiah, that you believe that, that God sent him to die for your sins, that you believe that God raised him from the dead and, and you confess him as Lord, that you cannot be saved, that you cannot live in this relationship and you cannot have a conversation with God. So I just want to ask if there's anybody who would say, you know what, I really want, I, I don't know if I really fully understand or fully agree with this thing called prayer or, or know what it means to have a belief in God or, or if I really want to be a Christian because I've seen some really ugly ones. But if maybe today you would say that, you know what, this God that you're talking about sounds pretty miraculous. And I'd like to, I'd like to try him out. I'd like, to, I'd like to call upon his name so he could save me. Because right now I'm, I, the pieces in my life are, are so far broken. If that's you today, or maybe if that's you today, I'm going to give you an action to take. Or maybe if there's somebody else here today, and you're saying, you know what, Andrew? I, I used to have conversation with God. But today as you're talking about this, I, I don't know that I have actually allowed God to speak to me. I don't know that I've actually been in a position where I have been willing to come to God and willing to confess my sins and willing to repent and willing to change. If that's you, if you'd say that I want to be saved, that I want to call upon the name of Jesus, I want to make him my Lord. If that's you today, I'm going to get you to raise your hand in just one second. But if, if you're here today and you'd say or maybe you're at home. I don't know where you're, you're at watching online. Maybe you're in your living room right now. Maybe you're sitting on your couch. You're driving in your car. I don't know where you're, you're at. But if you're in a place where you're saying, I want to be in relationship with God, today is your day. If you are ready to repent and change your life and live in a relationship with God, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. Or if you're watching online, I just want you to respond online so we can reach out to you. But if that's you on the count of three, one, you're saying today I choose. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna follow. I'm not gonna follow myself. Two, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna choose to follow God. And three, I'm gonna repent. I want you to put your hand up right now, all over this place, wherever you're at. I see that hand right there. If you're if you're looking for an opportunity to live in relationship with God, thank you. I see that hand. You can put that down. If you're looking for a, a place to call home, if you, if you want to know what it means to, to fit your pieces into this piece, today is your day to belong to a family, a place that will love you, a, place, a people that you can belong to, a tribe that you can call your own. If you're looking for a home, this is it. So for all those who, who raised their hands, wanted to raise their hands, what I want us all to do as a family, if you could just stand with, with me as we get ready to dismiss, I'm going to pray together. So everybody just stand up on your feet. You can open up your eyes. We're not, I, I'm not here to embarrass anybody for the people that did raise their hands. But let's do this as a family. Let's pray together and cry out to God. Because how many of you know that even though in a relationship, the, it can get better? That, that God always wants to take you from, from a place that will move you better and better. So if you just repeat after me, we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer to call upon the name of Jesus that's going to transform our life from where we are right now into his glorious kingdom. So say, Father, I choose at this moment 
to believe in Jesus. I believe that you sent Jesus and that he is your son. And Jesus, I believe that you paid the price so I can live in a relationship with God. Today, I confess that I'm not good enough. That God, I need you. Come on, can you tell them one more time? God, I need you. And so I repent. I change from following my way. And today I choose to follow you for every day. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can you give God some praise in this house? Come on, the Bible says that all of heaven erupts in praise for even one soul that is transformed out of darkness into the kingdom of light. And look, if today was your day, if maybe you didn't raise your hand or if you did raise your hand, what I want you to do is before you leave this place, do not leave without connecting with somebody here who we can help you, give you some tools to figure out what's next. How am I supposed to, to uh, have a conversation with God when I've, I've never even thought about him before like this? What am I supposed to do? If you, if you need to contact us online, just, you can directly message us. But don't leave without connecting with one of us. We have blue cards in our seat back. They're right behind you. They're blue cards. They say, I've decided. I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going to follow my way anymore. I'm so excited for what God has, has begun to do in your life. I'm so excited for what God is, is working and moving here in this place. How many of you guys are excited? Come on. Amen. Well, again, God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out. Please don't miss out on our groups. Youth tonight, we've got our uh, uh, group with Pastor Cameron starting back up this week. And our guys group tomorrow. And uh, listen, we always say this as, as we dismiss. It's, it's the, the mandate of this house. Let's go what? Love God. Love people. And lead well. You guys are dismissed. Have a great Sunday.